0: Welcome in to another edition of Keg Jams on the Tapping the Keg podcast network here with Shea Ken. It has been a while since we're back at it. We are going to talk about the Bucks playoff importance rankings. We go 1 to 15. We're going to talk about what the nightlife differences are when the Bucks are rocking and maybe get an idea of what what's hot right now in the streets uh, going on that he's playing a lot whether it's requests or things that he's really into. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about what position the Packers uh, want to take in the first round. Uh, and then kind of more rapid fire at the end. Uh, Chan says he's a little more into the Brewers. Uh, Morgan Wallen coming to town and the craziness that that might bring. And then a little bit on 414 Day, uh, which is also on Friday. Uh, Shea Ken, uh, what's going on, buddy? How you doing?
1: Good, man. Yeah, starting... Starting to get excited with this warm weather this week, and so uh, you know the city should be alive starting starting soon. And uh, yeah, it just helps with the Bucks, and, and the Brewers off to a good start too.
0: Yeah, no, I mean this is be- best case scenario, right? You know, it's the middle of April and the weather's great, and Brewers playing. You know everything you said, not to not to repeat it, but it's it is a per- it's an ideal sort of April. It's what you want um and it, it should be a lot of fun um and perfect time to go out and see the boy uh dj whether it be at trinity on thursday night uh so if you're doing a early weekend getting that started uh he'll be at trinity and then he'll be at red white and blue on saturday so maybe not for our older millennial crowd but if we have the gen z's uh-huh. that listen i think we have some gen z like i I don't doubt that we have some Gen Z. Go check them out, or if you have a younger sibling, maybe come there um, and hang out. You you unfortunately can't be like like me, who is an old millennial and can just hang out by the DJ booth. And then it's not as bad because then it's like you're, you don't you don't feel like you're in the mix, and it's it's a little it's a little less weird. Although yeah. I have, I have gotten some shit from some friends about oh well, you are going there? I'm like oh my friend's there. Like I'm gonna go support the kid and go check them out, but like. It's. It, I don't. I also think there's a little bit of a stigma there, which is a topic probably for another
1: time. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I think Trinity just because it was the place that we have grown, not grown up, but um, you know that was kind of our spot growing up, and it's like not, it's not so young anymore, but it is like kind of some. There it's there's some nostalgia just going back there, and you know at the end of the day, it's still like an Irish bar, you know, they right. they're never gonna call themselves the club, even though they have DJs. It's still an Irish bar. So I think you can get away with it a little bit more there than you definitely could at uh at RWB. So I can I can understand uh understand that
0: well and the other thing with trinity is that if you do the outside like that's just a that's also a great patio. Right. like they have a great outdoor scene probably one of the better outdoor patio environments that's you know in the city um what blew my mind last time i was at trinity which was a couple weeks ago no a month ago or so that they now have djs on both sides um it's yep. not yep. just it's not just one it's two um, I feel like that was something that they probably could have had when we were we were around. Like it was like, yeah. I get they were trying to appease both. It was right when EDM was kind of getting going, but yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely brings brings the ruckus uh, to have both both going at the same time.
1: Yeah, and if I don't even know if when we went like when I would go, if they even had a DJ at the time, they might have just had a a playlist run, and I feel like it was kind of towards the end of the run where they. Added, uh, they added a DJ at the front, and then they just recently added one in the back where their performance stages, where they typically have bands and stuff for St. Patty's Day and stuff like that. So they, uh, yeah, the guy they got all their bases and all their rooms covered
0: for sure, absolutely. So yeah, go check them out Thursday, as well as Saturday, and unfortunately, maybe no Sunday performances because that's when the Bucks will get going. Uh, we do not know a who they're playing, b. We do not know when they will oh, be man. played, um. So that's a that's very interesting, and Mitch and I will get into more. But this is kind of the kickoff to our Bucks playoff preview. Uh, consider this part one of part two. Uh, Mitch and I will do some other stuff tomorrow, but we're gonna kick it off with importance rankings, which we've done, um, as a segment on this show as well as others, and basically talk about the importance of each player, starting at the top, going to the bottom. And we'll just go back and forth in a draft. um, And I will let the guest go first with the obvious number one, maybe the easiest number one of all time.
1: Yeah. So actually I wanted to mention before um, was that we do know that who we are not playing and that will be the Atlanta Hawks, which I will say something. I know you guys kind of had your, your, your ranking on, uh, on the pod last week. Of you know who you who you you know least wanted to match up against, who you most want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I kinda wanna say I'm a little relieved um that Atlanta is is the seventh seed. Not that I think that the Bucs would lose. I just I for some reason I, I feel like Atlanta has always had not our, our number per se, but they always battle us pretty hard. And when you look at Atlanta on paper, like they are fucking stacked. They should be so much better than they are. Um you just think about how many guys, they only went nine deep tonight, but like Jalen Johnson, you know, shout out to Milwaukee, like played yeah, tonight playing and like, ro- playing really well, you know, uh, Aaron Holiday didn't play. And like one of their other uh, AJ Griffin didn't play. Um, So like they went nine deep tonight, but still when you look at the roster on paper, you're like, damn, like they should be a whole lot better than they are. So I don't know if it was Nate McMillan all year or if it was really just the Trey Young and, and DeJounte Murray dynamic, but those two guards bother me. And the fact that Atlanta has hung around with us in playoff series before, I hate the fact that they think they can they can hang with the Bucks in sure. and, you know as kind of currently constructed. So I'm glad they got to seven. Um, it looks like Miami's one foot out the door. So if they do get a win on, um, I believe they'll play the winner on Friday. Friday. If they if they do get a win, I, I still think. Uh, We're we're in good shape with them, so I'll just kind of leave it leave it there. Unless you got anything to add before we jump Uh, in,
0: I'll just add quickly. I I think I underestimated Miami being a potential Cancun team, like being a team that's like your (laughs) point, one foot out the door, ready to go. Like they're like already talking about Cancun, Cabo, Tulum, like wherever they're going, they're they're kind of already into it. They are checked out this season their fans are checked out there was an awful showing um by miami which is a fair weather city um through and through but i mean it it just doesn't seem like anyone wants to be there and that was the wrap on toronto that's why i said i didn't really care if the bucks saw toronto but now honestly it's to the point where i don't know if i care any 3 i think it's at, at this point um, you could argue it's a little bit of a house money situation for the Bucks because I don't know if any of these I, the Bulls yes would want to be there, but again I don't think I think the Bucks match up really nicely with the Bulls. I do worry a little bit about the familiarity kind of what you mentioned with Atlanta, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I I think it's a, somehow it it worked out better for the Bucks. And you're right, maybe I underestimated the Hawks, and maybe this is where they just pull it all together, given the fact that. Quint Snyder now has one team to focus on. He can coach these guys a little harder and maybe, you know, stuff that he's been preaching is finally sinking in with Trey and DeJounte Murray. And it's not like Quint Snyder is a bad coach. He just, no. he kind of wore out his welcome with the jazz players and you know, you just had to get a change. And that's kind of what it seems like is going to happen in Toronto. It's the other part of Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's like Nick Nurse. It's like, it's like if Nick Nurse is available, he's going to be the top candidate for the Houston job. It's like all right, so that means Nick Nurse is probably going to be available, right? And mm. that's well, all up- those
1: – sorry, all those teams, 8, 9, and 10 that are left uh, – sorry not to just keep at no, the point, okay. but all of them have issues, right? Miami's got a foot out the door. There's questions on do you blow that team up as currently constructed? Kyle Lowry is on his way out. You know, he's – He's aged quite a bit. Does, is Jimmy Butler the trade piece? Does Tyler Hero the trade piece? Do you build around Bam? You look at Toronto with Nick Nurse. Like you know, how do you know how does that team look at next year? He's likely not the coach. Um, and at Chicago, they've been talking about does the the Rosen, Levine and Vucevic trio work, and it doesn't. So you know, what do those teams look like? So yeah, those three teams. Um, you know, I think um, I'm I'm comfortable with with all three of them. I, would, I think I probably uh like to see Miami just kind of with everything that's going on and they just, they don't look like themselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All, All right.
1: right. <laughs> Number one pick. Do it. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy one. It's it, I will say I had, I had a very small, short discussion with myself on if I should pivot and, and zag here with a different one, but I won't. Um Obviously it's Giannis. Um, you know outside of drew who carried us all year um you know had an incredible year an mvp year um in in a lot of people's eyes and maybe not in some but still an mvp candidate nonetheless um just you know staying healthy being um the leader you know leading by example always being aggressive attacking um is what he's going to do in the playoffs and that's what we need out of him um you hope he doesn't you know do, do have to do too much in in round one and, and you know yeah, I don't want to assume that we get to round two, but you know, you, you want to hope that you can wrap up round one quickly um and keep these guys as fresh as possible. But um, I mean, with our question, it's it's Giannis and uh if if he's gonna you know, if we're gonna win another one, it's gonna be on his back. So
0: absolutely. I mean, and I think Giannis is gonna be as motivated as he's ever been. Um I talked about on Monday's show that you know Giannis is in a position now where He's not going to win the MVP. He wants it. He knows that he wants the championship. He, I, I hope, I think the, I'd worry a couple of years ago, pre championship that he would just try too hard and that he would try to overexert himself and make the moment too much. I think he's in a better place. I think Giannis is, is feeling a lot better about where he is sort of in the pantheon and just in, in, you know, centered and, kind of even talked about, you know, Laurie Nickel wrote that great piece yesterday about sort of his mental health and how he wants to help people. And he almost retired, like, which is crazy. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he was serious about that. I mean, I know he said it, but sometimes I think we all have those moments where we want to quit, you know, matter how good you are at something, there's that time where you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I keep doing this? And mm-hmm. I think Giannis is a lot more at peace than, and i i saw someone who was like you know played the 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 respect angle for the bucks and like they get no respect i don't disagree with that but i I do think it's worth noting that i i personally feel like the bucks have the least amount of pressure on them out of the top three of the east and that goes with the honest too i think if they lose yeah there's going to be a lot of people shitting on this bucks team and everybody's going to get their skin but Think about when this, if the Celtics lose, right? Like, is Jalen Brown out the door? Is Jay, you know, are they, is this, this is the last version of, is Joe Mazzola actually a mm-hmm. good coach? And uh, B, I think you know, Philly, Philly could get really nasty. Um, yeah. You could, I
1: think, I think the most pressure is probably on Philly, if I'm looking no at it. No question about it. Um, I will say, you know, with, with Boston, I don't think many, I mean, given their season last year, I think a lot of people, would have looked at them as president constructed with Missoula um and thought maybe they wouldn't be in this position. So I think they I don't want to say house money, but I don't think a lot of people saw them being as strong as they would be this year. Um and 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 it was, I will say I still think there's a heavy amount of pressure on the box because they are the heavy favorites. R- really kind of that midway point of the year they overtook that that spot from Boston and people, you know, once Chris started getting healthy um and obviously we're you know pretty much the clear favorite at least um in the east um from from the majority so i i I do believe there's still a fair amount of pressure i don't know that boston has them if i had to if i had to rank them i think it's philly milwaukee boston as far as pressure Mm -hmm. um but everybody's got pressure i mean all everybody's got something to lose and and if if i think it's it's certainly a disappointment if the Bucs don't if the Bucs lose um any time before the Eastern Conference Finals would I think would be, you know, definitely needs to be some some further conversations about the future of the team, but we but won't I, we won't go down that route.
0: I, I agree with you there. Uh, number two for me, I'm gonna go Brooke Lopez. I think Brooke is very important to what the Bucs do defensively. I think he provides, you know, he's he's figured out a way to be vital no matter what i think there are some playoffs where brook hasn't been able to be used i think it gets lost in the you know the history of the championship that brook carried the bucks when giannis went out with an injury and he he had two really big games um in that game 5 he had a massive game and i think they've really found found something with brook's offense and he's been able to exploit the post and there's really not a lot of teams that can deal with brook posting up plus the honest, honest, decumbo, it's really hard. It's, it's kind of a pick your poison. And they, and one of the things and Stan Van Gundy, I think drives us all crazy. Uh, but I, I think Stan had some points about Brook needs to get down in the post more. And he, I think he could see it, that it, it just become really effective. So I just think Brook is very vital to what the Bucks are doing on both sides of the ball. I think he's at times been the second most important player in the team, and, I just I like what what I've seen out of Brook Lopez.
1: Yeah, he's been such a revelation this year. I, I don't think anybody expected to see um, him in in such great form this year, um, especially defensively. I mean, arguably the defensive play of the year. I uh, it's sad. I don't think you'll get it. It's more sad that that you know the money was never placed <laughs> yeah. on that bet. Uh, actually, early, early. no.
0: Actually, it's I, oh you did that. No, I never did. But like okay. if I. For the people at home, like there, I had done a podcast where I started looking at bats for the Bucks, and I told the story a few times. But I, I saw that Brooke Lopez was two fifty to one for Defensive Player a Year, and I said, "Oh, that's interesting. That seems really high." And I never, you know, thought anything more of it. And then I regretted it all year. And now, if he's not going to win it, like I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm I mean, weirdly happy because It'll then be it's piece, like, yeah. yeah, it's like I, I'd be so mad if I had like put like three or four dollars down on it, and then it's like. And it's like, he's not going to win. It's Evan Mobley, of all people. Um, Mm. That's, you know, it's ridiculous. So this, and I, you know, the narrative that Brooks, somehow because he plays with Giannis and Drew means that he's not as impactful defensively. It's just bullshit. It's like, look at last year's defensive rating and come back to me. That's an easy fucking stat to look at. They were a middle of the road defense last year with basically No Brook Lopez. This year, they're the best defense in basketball. So yeah. tell me, tell me what I'm missing here. Um, yeah, there's I think he has obvious... more
1: more games than anybody with like four or five more five blocks in a game. He's got more than anybody. He led, I mean, he led the league for you know I think 75 percent of the league uh, or of the year in in blocks. So yeah, I'm a, I'm agreeing with you on that narrative. It's it's also yeah, I, the thing is he can dominate in the post when he wants to when he has to he has like when Giannis hasn't played in games like he can but because he stretches you out and and you have to honor that and and you open the floor for Giannis and Drew and guys to be able to drive that's what it that's why he's such a perfect piece and a perfect fit with this system so I get it yes he's a monster he's massive he can dominate when he wants to but and and if we need to if God forbid that needs to be one of the options in one of the series or in a game to get a game, then, then we've done that before and it can be done. So it, yep. it, he's, you know, he's, I don't want to say he's the fourth option, but we have great options. Um, you know, should, should things kind of fall out of, out of place.
0: Yep. No doubt. All right. here's with your
1: third. <clears throat> yeah. My third is Chris. Um, I, I think it all comes down to his consistency, his play and, and really his health. Um, I, I, think we'd be silly to say that we could win a title without a healthy Chris or without Chris at all. Um, I I don't know that we get there. I don't know. We, we beat, obviously we don't, you know, we don't beat a boss even though we were close. Um, I think we need at least Chris on the floor, Um, you know, in some capacity you want him, you know, probably 75, 80% if you can get him there. Um, But, you know, there's, there's been some regression in some of his injuries and, Um, I think, you know, towards the end of the year, it was a lot of rest stuff. Like, let's keep him out. You know, he got injured in that, what, third to last game, I think it was. Yep. Um, And rather than risk it, I, you know, whatever, don't care about that. But um, I think in order for us to win a championship, he has to be a vital piece uh, uh, offensively. And, you know, he doesn't get enough credit defensively. I will say he does. (laughs) He just has some really bad breakdowns. But he's a good wing defender, and you're going to need that deep in the playoffs when – you know, you, you're you're facing a Philly or a Boston or or a Cleveland, right. um, like you're gonna need that on both ends, and uh, you just you just pray and hope that he can stay healthy through the course of uh, of the playoffs.
0: The other thing about Chris is he's a closer, right? Like he's mm-hmm. a guy who at the end of games, backing someone down in the mid range, just fade away, boom, it's there, and it's it, you know it's going in. Like it's really weird when it doesn't go in. Um, and in their moments when you need that bucket and those playoff games get, you know, rock fighty can get like, you know, I think back to that Brooklyn game where the bucks scored what 82 points, 83 points to win that game. Mm -hmm. And Chris Mm -hmm. had 30 of them and he was really good in that game. And that's the type of thing that Chris Middleton can do. And, and, and I hate to always like be nostalgic with 2021, but it's like Middleton had such a good playoffs. It gets ignored kind of with. What Giannis did But mm-hmm. I, I'm i not ready to like Throw dirt on Middleton that he's washed I think some of the more pessimistic Bucks Twitter is like Alright yeah Chris is washed Like this is not going to go well Because he's not going to be the player That he was two years ago I'm not ready to buy into that I thought Middleton was looking spry Looking pretty healthy down the stretch And he hurt his other knee Right, It's not the knee yeah. that he, he fucked up Last season Yeah that sucks that's not great but at the same time, it's like he just needs to do treatment, keep himself in good shape, and, yeah, if the Bucs need to manage his minutes in the, fir- in the first round playoffs, so be it. That's what you got to do. Yep. Uh, f- fourth pick for me is Drew Holiday. Um, I can't believe I get Drew Holiday at four, um, but amazing value. Uh, Drew is so good defensively, uh, with, and he's been that for a long time, and now the offense has came come with in the regular season uh, I think that if Middleton is not where, where we wanted to be, especially early on, can Drew pick up that slack? Can he be that guy? Um, I think we've seen him hit some more late game shots. I don't have like mm-hmm. much numbers on me, but it feels like Drew has had had some moments. Um, I think, you know, he, he too has some brain farts here and there. Uh, the the mm-hmm. state game comes to mind, but yeah, I, I always like how holidays craftiness and, I look at the guards that you could face and I, I think he has a massive advantage, whether it's Donovan Mitchell in round two or Jalen Brunson, who's significantly shorter than him, or it's, you know, your Tatum's, your, your Brown's and, you know, Holiday still can go up against those guys and take care of those or Mark or smart for that matter. And I just, I know that Drew is going to have some moments in this playoffs and it, it also wouldn't surprise me if it's, you know, stuff that we haven't seen like him dropping 35 or 40 in a game and mm-hmm. it's the Drew holiday game that, you know, and we're talking about that as a game to win over Cleveland or something like that in the second round.
1: Yeah. I mean, any really any of these combinations of these guys probably without with the exception of Giannis could be 1a right yeah. you know and, and totally I think Drew just because what he offer I offers offensively and defensively is is going to be so crucial he's also shown you know this year he's he's shooting you know 48 percent he's shooting 38 from three he's shooting 86 percent from the line which I think is huge for Drew because I if I remember correctly in the twenty twenty one. season playoffs he was like 74 percent from the line and i you know and and missed some big you know big time free throws in that series it all Um,
0: not to cut in but it always felt like drew would only make one right it felt like he would it felt like he was a one or two guy every time Mm -hmm. when he was at the free throw line so continue sorry
1: Yeah. So, and, and obviously that, that changes that, that free throw number, you know, easily can change the playoffs. It's there's a ton of pressure, Um, but Drew has been spectacular this year, borderline all NBA. I hope he gets it. I mean, when you look at, you know, the best, you know, two way guards, um, you know, in the league, he's got to be mentioned in the top, you know, three to five guys without question. Um, I don't know that he'll get it, but he certainly deserves it. You know, given, given the season he's had, and I don't care if it was because oh Chris was out or Giannis was out, like we're still a number one seed with the best overall record in the NBA because that guy was able to carry you without, you know, two two all stars, um, you know, in Chris and Giannis for for you know portions of the year. So yeah. um yeah. No no question, man.
0: He's had a great year. And to add on in that free throw discussion, he was seventy one percent in the playoffs in the twenty twenty one season. Um, but yeah, he's up to 85%, which is a his best number since 2014, 2015. And he only played 37 games that season for New Orleans. So like he's yeah, he's back. He, whatever kind of issues he had with it, he's not having them anymore. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, you hope that continues on in the playoffs.
1: And he he just looks like all year, he just looked like he's played freer, played with a little more bounce, a little more step. Um, like pulling, like shooting with confidence, and like that gets you excited when you watch him because you're like, man, is this guy seems like he's still getting better, which you know, obviously only only bodes well for us, and and hopefully can can carry into the playoffs as well.
0: Yeah, no question about it. All right, who are you going with five?
1: So yeah, I've kind of kind of struggled with this because I think there's. A lot of guys flying under the radar um that are, are like really important. Um just kind of given where we think certain guys will net out with their injuries. <laughs> and this might not be a popular five uh pick, but I'm gonna go with Javon Ch- Carter. Okay. Um I mean the guy has shot the ball extremely well all year, you know, from three, um, you know, had some of those blow up games and OKC um, you know, leads the team. I think with the exception of uh, of Jay Crowder, who only had has a small sample size in in three point percentage, uh, Javon leads. He was leading the 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 league at one point, I think, even before the the um, the All Star. He right. was like one of the tops in in, yeah, in the league in three point field. Ber- in a weird
0: way, he got percentage. snubbed from he got snubbed from the three he got three point <laughs> contest. Like we should have had Javon in the three point contest, which is a crazy thing to actually say. Um <laughs> so, right. like it's like. But, yeah, I mean, he has a lot. I mean, the value of Javon is something the Bucs didn't have last season. I I push back on the notion that they would have won that Celtics series if Javon played. I think Yeah, Javon, Bill Simmons likes yeah, to talk
1: about that, right?
0: Yeah, Javon, Javon wasn't ready for the big moment. Even earlier no. this year, it looked when he would play good teams, it would be like the guy would kind of shit his pants a little bit. Now I feel like he's gotten a little bit better with that. He just needs to remember, like, he's Javon Carter. He's not Steph Curry. And I right, think right. sometimes that the worst part about Javon Carter is if he gets going early, it's like, you know, all of a sudden he's going to start just lighting it up and try to shoot everything. And it's like, settle down. Just play within the system. I really like Javon Carter for the Cleveland series, if that does happen. Um, because... And that was
1: – yep, go ahead. No, oh, no, you go. Uh, I was going to say, you know, even – kind of prior to I guess tonight with with Atlanta, you know, getting that seven seed. You think about like the East teams in and, and kind of where their their one two guards are, right? So you have Trey Young and DeJounte Murray for the most part. <clears throat> DeJounte Murray's a little bit taller, but like for the most part, Trey's a smaller guard. You look at um you know Donovan Mitchell and um uh um, and, and yeah Darius Garland from Cleveland both smaller guards. You look at Philly, you have you know Harden, Therese Maxey, you know, those guys both have a little bit of size, but you're gonna need um you're gonna need somebody defensively um on both those both guys, you know, right? With so with Drew and Javon, again, although it's Javon is a smaller guard, I think he matches up really well with a lot of those guys. And you're gonna get relentless pressure from him that I don't think you're gonna get and that we probably really haven't seen um from like a Pat or a Grayson. Um while they might, you know, in, in spurts give you something more offensively. I always lean on on wanting that defensive edge and and you yep. know, you can't just deny his his effort. Um, you know, getting into the passing lanes. He's he just had has a knack for getting under the ball or under your skin, getting around the ball. And I think that's important with some of the matchups that we could we could potentially have. So I uh I like his confidence going into the playoffs. I feel like starting in the year he had a lot to prove um and that's why maybe he was you know he was kind of struggling against some of those bigger teams I feel like now he's relaxed a little bit where Chris is kind of back and and, you know the Mm -hmm. team is kind of settled in and he's like I don't have to be that guy I can kind of play within the flow I might jack up a a pull-up three here and there but um, you know I feel like he doesn't have as much pressure on him anymore
0: yeah. And I mean, contract year. So I think that theory is, is sound, right? I think the yeah. the last yeah. question I have about it is like, will we see Javon plus Drew Holiday together? Or are they going to spell mm-hmm. Drew for Javon and it's just going to be, you know, kind of like on off sort of just to keep that pressure up or will they try to rotate those two guys in together? Uh will be something very interesting. Number six, I'm going to actually go with Jay Crowder here. Uh, I okay. I think Dre, Jay's importance defensively, I think Jay should be starting. Um, that will be something that I'll be curious to see if it does, in fact, happen. Um, I, I just think against Boston, if you face the Clippers in the finals, uh, the Suns in the finals, I think Jay Crowder is extremely important to what you're doing on the wing and what you can add. And I don't know if it can be... At the level of PJ Tucker, it might be actually better than PJ Tucker. I know that sounds weird to say, but PJ was a complete zero offensively, and I know mm-hmm. he, what he said about how it takes you out. But Jay, if you're just telling Jay, hey, offensively, just hang out in the corner, and someone's gonna find you, whether it's Drew, whether it's Giannis, um, and add those moments. And to your point, like yeah, the sample size is small, but he's been hitting it really well. He's been really comfortable. Mm-hmm in bud system and you know, I think
1: you know, 40 44 I think the
0: re- I I personally think the reason they haven't put him in the starting rotation is just because they're they're kind of managing his minutes and you want to to just keep throwing big bodies at whoever you face and he also adds a little bit of an under your skin moment where you can kind of get in a team's head where they're just not they're not necessarily you know ready for that and all of a sudden they're kind of taken out of the game and thinking more about Jay Crowder than what's going on within the basketball game
1: and I think with <clears throat> I think with PJ too, he had to give so much effort defensively. <laughs> excuse me. Um, simply because he's not a big guy. Um no. and, and Jay Jay is a big guy, he's tall and he's he's um you know a big stocky strong guy. Where like PJ's going up against you know Kevin Durant and he's you know he gives up whatever, you know, seven, eight inches to him. You're gonna have to work a little bit harder to get KD off his off his spot and get under his skin. Whereas Jay can play physical ball and and contest you without having to really you know exert too much energy as far as like moving like PJ would have to. So um, I like that pick. He was kind of he was kind of on the on the edge of of where I wanted to go potentially with my f- fifth and, and seventh pick. So I think he fits in in good there. And um, man, it would be so sweet to to win a title with him after he's just yeah <laughs> he's always been a killer of the right. bucks. Yeah, um, I swear when 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 he played for Phoenix and and in some of those Boston years, the guy would not miss. He would not miss from three, or he would just go off against the box, and it just it, it would be really awesome to win one with him.
0: Yeah, no no question. About um, it.
1: so my 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 seven is probably the most surprising, um, and I'm gonna take Joe Ingles. Okay. Um, I think Joe has 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 really kind of found his his niche in the system. Um, with, but it, it was, it was tough early on. Right. I think we've had conversations. I know you've had pods about, you know, some of his rough starts and that he didn't look good, but when you, when you see him on the floor, he is, you know, at times the best playmaker that we have, you know, from a, a he's not going to blow by you. he's not going to beat you with a ton of speed. Um, but man, he, when he is playing with guys that move, he is such a great playmaker, such a great passer. Um, and has shot the ball ridiculously well, he was shooting in the fifty. I think he was fifty three percent in the month of March. Um, again, smaller sample size, but still has has kind of got his sea legs under him. Um, really kind of found his niche within this team, and he's gonna be a guy on this team on on that bench that comes in that has experience in big leverage playoff games. You think about some of those series that he had you know, with the Jazz. Um, a guy that has experience, a guy that's a good free throw shooter, has be good, begun a, or became this year a really good three-point shooter um, and a great playmaker. And I think we'll see what Pat and what Grayson and, and you know, all for all intents, intents and purposes, what Chris looks like. Because if those guys are at any restrictions or are, are kind of warming up slow, Joe is going to be really important in, in, in filling those minutes.
0: Yep. I, I will, uh, for my eighth pick, I'll take Bobby Portis. Uh, oh, I should talk about angles. Let us uh, let me do a quick angles. <laughs> I, I mean, you summed it up really nicely. Like you, you, you laid it out why they, there's importance. I think the defense is still a little lacking. Like he hasn't yep. looked great yep. against Boston in terms of how can you defend Tatum and Brown. And so that's a little concerning. Um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried too much about it. I think the box in these playoff series, to your point about playmaking have lacked some of that and lacked the guy who can just make shit happen out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And the Brooke and Joe connection has been so good. And I think that's something that, you know, hopefully can continue in the playoffs and something that will, you know, be a vital resource to what the Bucks do. Uh, yep. But as for eight, I'll go by Portis. Um, I, I think why Bobby like is down the list. So I, let's talk about that. Because the reason why I think Bobby's more in the middle is not offensively. I think it's just the defense. It's like you don't know what you're gonna get. And you know that he's not really a two-way player. I think we all mm-hmm. love Bobby. I think Bobby is, you know, is as close to the mayor of Milwaukee as we have in terms of Wisconsin sports athlete. Mm-hmm. But that and that said, like if you, you watch all the games, you're not just Kind of popping in and out. You're not just chanting Bobby in the Pfizer forum. You realize that the defense is there, and there are going to be series where maybe Bobby gets played off the court, and he just can't he can't be out there for more than just "Hey, we need you for five minutes. Give us a couple buckets. Give us some energy." But you're that's all you're getting. I mean, people forget yeah. that he did not play pretty much that entire Brooklyn series for that exact reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think with him, like. I... Not that Bob would do it, but he he would definitely do it just because it's Bud. Um, it's just kind of looking at his splits, right? I mean, Bobby's such a momentum guy. Like, if he misses his first two shots, it's it, it's hard to see him get kind of into the game. But if you look at like his home and his away splits, Bobby at home, you know, just just from pure yeah. energy standpoint, what he brings, you want to have him in those games. And if you can, you know, if <laughs> you put him in 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 certain away games, and. uh you know, it's not there, then then maybe that's a night where you, you pivot and you go away from Bobby. But I think, you know, you kind of have to be smart with him with, you know, certainly the series you use him in. The guys are walking double-double. We know it. We've seen it all year. Um, yep. But you need more than that also in the playoffs. And, you know, the energy you're going to get from him, it's just, you know, where do you put his value in certain matchups um, with, with defensively or what you're going to need offensively from, from him?
0: Yeah, no question about it. All right, we're going to nine.
1: So nine for me is going to be Grayson. Um, he, again, all of this is is TBD with with you know where he you know comes back in, and it sounds like he should be you know ready ready to go um, for for the first series at least. I don't know game one if if that's realistic or not, or if it's if if that's still in the plan. But um, I think offensively he's going to matter in in certain series more than other. Um, defensively is is when you start to get to kind of those nitty gritty series. Um, you know the Boston series last year is obviously like nightmare territory with you know what we saw last year out of him. And right. I, I will say what I've seen out of him defensively this year has been better. I've been I've been surprised in spurts with his defense, um, but he's still a smaller guy. He's he's still going to struggle against Tatum. He's still going to struggle against Brown, and, and some of that's on on and the matchups and, and and where we're using him. But again for A series like cleveland you know you know darius garland or you know donovan mitchell is he gonna be able to to kind of stick with those two guys um is he gonna be able to you know no i mean there's certain there's certain matchups but he he's you're gonna need his offense in a game there's gonna be a, a chicago game like that where you need 20 from grayson or you need him to hit you know four or five threes to give you the spurt there's enough guys on this on this roster that can score. I think it's for him again, kind of with similar to Bobby, it's it's using him in the right times against the right people in those matchups where let's utilize what he's good good at, and if we can hide him where we can hide him, and and use use Dre or excuse me, uh, Jay um, <laughs> yeah. in, in some of those in some of those situations, then then let's do it. And and, and Bud's gonna have to get creative with that.
0: I, I think I was gonna mention the thing you mentioned about him him sort of working his ass off defensively. I think the last two Boston game or the well, the Boston game when they had all the bench guys, I thought Grayson played really well in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of got overshadowed by all the the rest stuff and all the other other different narratives around that. And so I I think I think that's worth worth noting. And you know maybe yeah, Grayson one year older. You know is he going to find another level? Some people think he kind of peaked out and that that's just the player he is, that he's just not a championship level player. And I think this will be a huge year for him. And yeah, I agree. There can be moments. I think he can frustrate people. I think he carries a stereotype around him that probably shouldn't be there, but people just immediately get under their skin about it. And that's just what happens.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. Real quickly with him, like, you almost need, like, a Jordan War, a dunk moment out of him where yeah. it's like, holy totally. shit, Grayson still can do this. Like, hey, get in the series, man. Like, we need you. Like, wake up and, you know, have a moment. And, and, and you know, I think that's important is, is – because sometimes he looks disinterested or – and maybe that's just – kind. Of, that's how he's kind of always played. He looks like he's just yeah. – not interested, he's not a super emotional guy on the court. Little, little um,
0: Jeremy Lamb style, you know, Jerry yeah. Lamb had that look where he just yeah. was like, Do you, right. you want to play, the bro?
1: Yep, exactly. And so, you're like, yeah, Let's give it maybe, maybe that's something that Bud can can kind of use and wake him, wake him up is get him a couple buckets, get him something cutting, get him a dunk. Um, if we see that he's you know not, um, not in the series like we think he should be. So,
0: yeah, uh, my number 10 is gonna be Wes Matthews. We'll go through these last few pretty quick, but like Wes. Mm-hmm. I think it's what we said about Jay. It's like, it's another version. It's another guy to throw at him. I don't expect anything offensively from West, but you can give me, you know, three or four minutes defensively in the second quarter, maybe third quarter. I mean, in certain series, you know, West could be a guy in a clutch situation where it's like, all right, we're going to trust our other four Jays in foul trouble or Jays taking himself out of this game. And you use West as a fail safe. I think, They've managed West's West's minutes too the, in the regular season because I think they want to they want to utilize him in the postseason.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, he had I think he had what quick a quick eight points against Chicago in one of the, those last few yeah. games. So he has that in him, and like you said, he's another wing to throw at guys to frustrate guys just to get under you know uh, the skin uh, of some of those guys. So um, I agree in spurts, he's he's definitely going to be valuable um 11 for me will be it will be pat um i i don't know what what to expect from pat um out of in, in the playoffs um you know i feel like a lot of this like we're putting a lot of pressure on, on jay crowder to kind of fill the void of of some of these guys on defense um but you know at the end of the day it's kind of what he's brought in for it brought in to do mm-hmm. pat obviously really struggled down the line um you know, certainly towards the end of the year. Um, and obviously now on top of that with the injury, you kind of wonder what he's going to look like. Um, but Pat, Pat's, Pat's an energy guy he needs to bring the energy, he needs to bring, um, you know, the connection with Giannis. He's got a good connection with him on the court. Um, so we need to see that. <clears throat> I think at times this year, <clears throat> excuse me, I just took some really ill-advised shots. Um, and it, it, it's hard because he's been here so long and been so much of the system. It's like, Pat, you're not you're not the you're not the one, two or three option on the court at, at most times. If you got to open one, sure. But I think there are just some ill-advised shots that he takes. Um, and I think, you know, defensively, um, you know, again, there are matchups he's not going to be great at. So, he, no. you know, it's hard, it's hard to really see where, uh, you know, what what to expect out of Pat. But we, we need his energy. We need him um, to be that voice on the bench when he's not there.
0: And who knows? Maybe he finds it again, right? Yeah. Like maybe they just, they, and that's kind of the beauty of the Bucks this year compared to other years where you don't need Pat Content. Pat Content is not like, you're like, oh, well, we get, we, because of like rotations, we're going to have to have Pat out there for 10 to 15 minutes. That's not really what the Bucks have to do this time around. And that's amazing. And I think that's one of those things that works to their favor because it's like, all right, we'll throw Pat in there, we'll see. Maybe he can give us a spark here because, to your point, energy and what we need. Uh, 12, I will go Myers Leonard. I don't know what you're getting out of Myers, but I think, you know, just another big body. And sometimes you need that and you need a guy with, to give six fouls and maybe that's what Myers brings. I thought there were some spurts that were, were kind of nice.
1: Yep, I like that. Um, I will go 13, uh, A.J. Green. Uh, Now, I think it's I think, you know, we're obviously doing this exercise, not knowing what that that final roster exactly looks like. But um, (laughs) I think A.J. Green could be interesting to use uh, in uh, breaking case of emergency situation. I think of of the sets that Matt Thomas got in Toronto. Shout out to another Wisconsin guy um, where it was like, we are running plays for you. When you get the ball, shoot the ball. Like there's nothing that you're yeah. on the court to shoot the yeah. ball. Yeah, you can't play so defense. In, in, yeah, just, no. just chuck. So if there's if there's a moment you're in the game where we're running spots for you because we need a spurt, we need a, a quick couple points. Um, and so there could be. Let's hope that's not really the case. Um, uh, he's fun to watch. Like it, it, every time he shoots the ball, it looks like it's going in. Um, let's hope we only have to see him when the Bucks are are up big. Um, and and not in those emergency situations.
0: Yeah, and I'll go 14 Goran Dragic. I just think, you know, veteran leadership, you have it. Again, another got breaking case of emergency guy, veteran leader, um, knows what has been there before, can coach up on the bench. I think that'll that'll be nice to have. I don't want to see Goran Dragic over Javon Carter. That would cause me to rip my hair out.
1: Nor <laughs> right. do
0: I think they will.
1: Yeah, and you just hope he's he's a solid. It looks like he gets along with the guys. You just hope he's a solid voice on the bench and in the locker room. Um, a guy that again is is playoff tested and um and has seen it before. Um, so my fifth—I mean, we're we're grasping straws. We now. got, um, we got, you got Wigington or or, or Wigington
0: or, or Marjan.
1: Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Wigington. Um, Whoa. I I I know this might be. Might be I, I thought.
0: Yeah, I thought Wigginton would be the last pick. I thought that was Mister. Actually,
1: I mean, from what you you know he's, he's shown in these last couple games, they, not that he's gonna get there's no time for him. God forbid, you know, right. you better not see Lindell yeah. Wigginton. Yeah, it in, would get really bad. Yeah, things would be bad. Um, I do think he he provides a little bit of some speed at that guard position. Should we need to for some reason shift gears from Drew? Um, uh, and even Javon Carter he he He's no bigger than than Javon is But I think he even has um, A more polished offensive game than than Javon does, so I, I kind of like Him as a wild card Because I really don't trust Marjon and, and They like, Thanasis ain't seeing the floor And that's just a 10-15 hey, point I, win
0: I, I like the Thanasis support Though, the moral support The Gary yeah. Wolfel hit piece on Thanasis Was so fucking brutal Um just why Gary Wolf is the the Um, and it's, you know, Gary plays the hits. I'm happy to be blocked by that guy. I'll take the <laughs> Nass. I'll take the Nasses for 16, which makes Marjan, Mr. Alvin. I will say this about Marjan. I don't think you should trade him in the off season. I think it's a guy, this will be a great learning experience for him. Yep. Hopefully he gets out on the court. I do think if you were like, Hey, again, six fouls, right. You need to throw some, something at a wing, just to, to screw it up, to you know, put someone in the blender. You could throw them out there for you know a couple minutes in the second quarter. Remember, Elijah Bryant got minutes. The Nasus got minutes for the Bucks in the in the championship run. You just never know, really, what Bud's going to do. Yeah. So. And,
1: All right. uh, yeah. Oh God! Yeah. No, no, no. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say you just. You hope you know that you want Marjan to this because I think a lot of us see the the potential there, and you're like, dude, this is. You know, <laughs> hopefully, sit on the bench, get yourself a ring, and and learn because you know this this could be you in the next couple of years, and you hope he's, he's part of the box because I, I I I like him a lot and want to see him uh, succeed with us. Well, well, look at like Mamu, right? Mamu had a really good finish
0: to the year with San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, I've been killing it right? And, and Nora
1: for that more for that much really. It
0: just kind of shows you that John Horst is a pretty good drafter, and that they're in a pretty good position. You know, post you know whenever you know, Giannis is sort of at the tail end of his career. I think John Horse is gonna make sure that the Bucs are, are in a good spot. And I uh I'm definitely confident in that. And Mammu's looked really good. And I, I think that's no fault of the Bucs. You know, it's I'm not mad at the Bucs We're not holding on to Mammu. They had no roster spots. And I think Myers Leonard did more um for them and then Mammu just played defense. So, you know, we'll we'll have to see. But should be fun. Um what will also be fun is just the nightlife in the city of Milwaukee, and you know, with you DJing around the city, you know, I, I guess, does anything change when you know the Deer District rocking? Is it all weather dependent? Like, does is it just like is the vibe any different? Like, can you kind of just talk about like what that's like, and if anything really does change with with the city in terms of in terms of the Bucks playoff runs?
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the biggest thing is the parking, right? <laughs> uh-huh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, the uh, you can definitely feel a different energy in the city. Um, you know, obviously we have, we're you know we're lucky to have Summerfest and and you know some really cool music festivals, and you kind of get that vibe when when you have so many people coming from all over the place. Some people are coming after work, some people are planning, some of, some of our our kids are in you know, that are in school um and you definitely feel that energy around the city you feel good about like the restaurants and the bars being busy um as a dj as far as nights go there's certainly places that don't typically have djs on those nights Mm -hmm. for example like brewery like they they have dates coming up for the bucks games that you know they don't normally have djs on like a wednesday or a thursday night um Trinity, for example, like they're usually pretty slow on, on Thursdays um, just because they're competing against some some other bigger places, but that's going to help them, you know, pick up a little bit. So there's there's definitely venues that will pick up DJs that don't normally carry DJs on the, those nights and just, you know, help the overall bar in, in general. Um, and like I said, just the energy, seeing, you know, people all around, um, you know, families, kids, um, yeah. and, and really seeing all of. Uh, of the surrounding deer district area um is is exciting and uh you know obviously that that 21 run i think you talked about it a little bit on when your last pods, was just the timing of it all because it was you know hot and in the middle of summer and and so it'll no be summer no that. summer
0: fest too either um which right gets so,
1: yeah and that's like so people were clamoring for for mm-hmm. things to do and this and my goodness like the Deer District was what really was just that. It was like a little mini concert because they obviously had, you know, my buddy DJ Quaddy out on, on the Deer District and, you know, playing like EDM hits. So it, it felt like that every time there was a home game. Um, and so it'll be interesting, yeah, with the crowds this year and kind of everything back in full swing, um yeah, you know, kind of what that looks like, how they adjust the Deer District stuff, um home and, home versus away games, and um and again, just kind of see how how they handle all that. But you know, with with school still being for the most part, um, you know, in 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 play with Marquette and M A T C and U W M, um, you know, what do the crowds look like? You know, do people really give a fuck because it's the end of the year and it's mostly like finals and stuff, or is it going to be you know there there's going to be a little bit more uh, of you know more quieter crowds than maybe you saw in that twenty one run. Um, because of the the timing of of the playoffs, then,
0: right? I I think I think it will grow as the as it goes on. I think the colleges is a great point, right? I think there will be some of those kids who are just like, screw it, the weather's nice outside. Like if like it's in a week from now and the weather, I know the weather's not gonna be this good next week, but if it's this weather like two weeks from now like everybody's going to be out. Everybody's going right, to be white. Right. No one's going to care. As I was saying to my wife, who was like, Oh, it feels like a Thursday today. I was like, when it's warm outside, it doesn't like days don't really exist. It's like, mm-hmm. oops, I had like four drinks on the patio. I'm drunk. Like, yep, and it's yep. Monday. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You throw it out the window because that's just kind of how, what warm weather does to us early on this year. And I, I, I've from first hand knowledge, like, I think 2021 is kind of underrated how awesome that was because Mm
1: -hmm. at that
0: point, not a lot of people were doing stuff. People were making their choices, whatever. And you know, I respect those who wanted to stay at home. I get it. But because of that, there weren't a ton of plans. It wasn't like, Hey, we're doing this on Saturday. Hey, we have this on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're kind of never going to get that back. Like I, I have to remind myself that like consistently that you're never going to get that freedom back. So like, if you are somebody who has that freedom, take full advantage of it because it's, it, it's something that is really fun to be immersed into it. Maybe not every night. I think for us, when we did the Broadhouse house stuff, it was like Thursday through Sunday. It was really our sort of like days we'd come in and we'd, you know, hang out with Tim. We'd watch the games and, and then we, you know, either go home or we'd go out after now a little different now living out, out in the suburbs, but still it's, it's, I think a really fun fun sort of time uh, to be in the city. And yeah, I think all tide will raise the ships and I think, yeah, you'll see a great crowd. It'll be, it will be interesting though, kind of not to bring it out of more serious, but how will they regulate it just given that they had some issues um, for game six last year and mm-hmm. w- will they, you know, make adjustments that will kind of change it. I didn't want to ask, I don't know if you've been in this situation before, but do how do you feel about like playing in between like commercials, you know, for, for games? Is that something you like doing? Is that something where you're like, man, just give it to me. Like I'll do halftime end a game, that's it. But like, what's, what's that like, I guess, both sides.
1: Yeah. I've done it both ways. Um, where I've done, like, I've, I've like, I have controlled like the 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 second I see the game on it's, I flip it. Right. Um, brewery, um, and nothing, nothing wrong with that. They, I think they finally got it tweaked. Where um, they had they, their system was so brand new that it was so touchy that I couldn't have. It was automatic on their end, but I couldn't Which, have my the volume on one of my channels more than one percent. So I had to completely cut out, and I couldn't fade. So it would be kind of there's this kind of yeah, awkward like right. feeling of of music. Uh, and then there's like a little bit of a delay from them switching over to the music. Whereas when I was in control of it, for example, like Uglies or a place like RWB where I can control it, where the, the sound master sound is coming out of my mixer and I can control, I can pull one down slowly and bring the other one up right, right at the same time. And it flows nicely. Um, like that stuff. It, 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 I don't know. if I think as a DJ, I, I noticed it more. And I think as like an avid fan, you'd be like, this is kind of awkward. You know, if there's any kind of delay, um, but like the, in between stuff, like when, when Lotus state was up and, and running for like Packers games, that was something you were always doing. And, um, you, you, you start like, a, like you start to play a few songs and you realize, oh shit, like halftime's already over. Yeah. Um, and, and so you, you kind of have to, you know, that's really quickly. And then with, with during commercials, like I, I get it. If you want to switch the mood up a little bit, it's awkward hearing, like, you know, a, a commercial about you know erectile dysfunction or whatever it yeah, is that right. you're listening to. Um, but it's literally like I could be playing a song in the commercial break from you know the first time, and then they have another break in that song. I could I could just play it from when I stopped at the last time, I and mean, it could be the same thing. And you're you're not going to get more than like one song in, and in playing in its entirety. And there's really no fun in being like, let me try to mix three or four songs in this <laughs> you know 60 second <laughs> commercial break. Like you're not yeah. you're not impressing anybody. So Right, it's um. I, I get why you would do it. Now. I'm fine with it either way. Um, but yeah, as long and one thing I will say is like if you're, I know we'll get into kind of like where we like to watch. You have to find a place that is not streaming the game because. Great tip. Not only is it high leverage moments, and this goes for both Packers and Bucks games. In like high leverage moments, you're already like nervous and on edge if you're like a fan like we are. And if you see a buffering signal or anything like that, and obviously in those high leverage moments, more people are watching anyways. Yep. So it's very likely that that the signal can get bogged down. Um, and I've had that happen, and I won't you know I won't mention where it was, but I'm like you you have to be at a place that has uh, a broadcast feed so that you're not going to lose it, and there's not going to be any streaming or any internet issues or any of that bullshit
0: yeah i think as a if you're gonna label yourself as a sports bar you should not have streaming like right like it's it's not something you should have and i know there's been some discussion about youtube tv because they came out the prices on the red zone stuff which we could talk about another time because i think that's a fascinating discussion from like a bar perspective Uh, but for this particular thing yeah i agree cable specific absolutely i think also just making sure when you were mentioning the commercials, I think it really comes down to, are you here to actually watch the game? Are you at a bar that people are here to watch the game? Or are mm-hmm. you here to party? And there is a difference. There are bars like Loaded Slate, as you mentioned. That place, I, and I visited you a couple times for Packer Games. That place, I couldn't believe how many people were just looking to get fucking drunk. Nobody really yeah. cared about what was going on with Packer Games. Like, they, they might say, like, well, oh, I'm a Packer fan, I'm dying.
1: Bullshit. Yeah, they'll come like, in with their green and gold or their, right, like, yeah, bright grand jersey a, or whatever. Yeah, drop it,
0: <laughs> dropping, dropping some fact they heard on fucking Fantasy Focus in the morning, you know, to impress the girl they're with. But it's, like, it's just not the case. And I I think those are bars where, and we could, yeah, talk about bars. Like, obviously the Broadhouse is the place we've been, I have I went to for the run. Uh, it, they have changed the outside, which is a tough to take. Um, they very much murdered my boy. Um, it, it's obviously a lot better for them from a business perspective, like it flows a lot better. Uh, but I just, you know, the being able to belly up all outside the weather rocket was so good. Uh, but I do like their upstairs. I think I just I think their upstairs are actually better than they're downstairs just because I think it's their TVs are better. It's a little more spaced out. Uh, but yeah, Broadhouse would be if I were doing importance ranking to Milwaukee bars. I think I think that would be a top one that I, I like watching games at.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to sound sound biased. I, I still think Brothers has one of the better just overall. Like, I yeah. you think of sports bars, like Brothers <clears throat> is what comes to mind to me because for one, it's huge. There's so many places to sit. There's so many TVs. There's two floors. Um, I mean, they're really good about their sound. They got sound everywhere um i think that's a really good a good spot another one um it's not necessarily a bar but has a bar is is third street market hall um that place is is really cool if you haven't been um certainly the variety and like the type of food you want to get if you're going to be there for an entire game like you got all types of options for food um but really good setup for TVs um it's it's it has you know great stuff in the in the in the entire area um, but really there's, there's a view of a TV pretty much everywhere you are kind of in that general seating area or in that bar area, you can get tables, you can get, um, you know, beer towers, take them back. You can do
0: yeah, kind of right? anything
1: and, um, and have <clears throat> a really good view. If you want to like do a guy's night thing and do the, the golf bay, you know, the golf bay that they have there too. Like, that's a cool spot. Um, so, I mean, those two, I, I really like, um, uh, and I probably has, I'm not a huge fan, um of watching games just out in public um, because I just, I just have to be so much more censored than what I can be at home. It's probably safer that, you know, I'm staring at a a, a dent in my drywall right now because of last year's playoff series when I threw my phone. And um, so I have to, go I, you know, maybe it is good. Maybe I should, I should watch more games out because I, I won't damage things in my house as much, but I just, it's hard for me. I have to be around people that, uh, that are of similar fandom that I am that, aren't going to be bothering me or like I'm going to be sitting next to somebody that has no fucking idea what they're talking about or is, is just talking to talk. I just don't like to be around people that, you know, have, have very little knowledge of the game or like even have similar interest in the game that you're watching. So I have to be with like guys like you that, we're, we're usually pretty reserved. I feel like Mitch is, is very, you know, he's quiet when he watches. Uh, fourth, he oh, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. First quarter, Mitch, sometimes the first quarter like freaks the fuck out and you're like, okay, okay, like that's it's, fair. it's the first quarter Bubs. Like we, we got a long way to go here, but yeah, you're right. No continue. But yeah,
1: I mean, just, I, I'm, I've never been like, man, I have to go out and watch this game too somewhere. If, if people are out and like I said, they're, um, they've invited me and I'm comfortable with the people that are there. And it's, you know, with, with some of those games, obviously a game two is, is not as, as high leverage, but um, sometimes I just like to be at home and just curse at my TV and kind of be in my own space. Um, but no, I think, I think there's, there's some good options. I think Punchbowl is social also at open back up, um, which is right across the, the Pfizer and the deer district. That place is massive, has a ton of TVs. I have not been inside there for a game, but that's another Probably, probably too crazy during the game because of how busy it gets. Um, yeah, with the Deer
0: District. But, yeah, I, I, but uh, I think another but another, spot. another advice that we can move forward is uh, just this is more just overall advice is don't go to the ones where everybody's going to be at right like mm-hmm. everyone's going to everyone's yeah, yeah everyone's going to go to Jacks everyone's <laughs> going to go to who's on third those are great places to watch sporting events don't get me wrong like those are places yep. I want I would watch sporting event Jacks a little bigger so you have that advantage but you know, avoid those and try to find those other spots. Broadhouse, you could put in that mix, but I think with three different options, if the weather's nice, like that's it's pretty solid, but like a Nomad, right, even though it's not known for being a sports bar, it's known for being a soccer bar, you could still have a good time at Nomad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could mm-hmm. still have a good time at and maybe not the garage. That might be a little trying a little too hard. Like you don't want to to your point, like be with a bunch of people who don't care and then it's like the sound's not on and we're listening to fucking Taylor Swift and it's like the second quarter. And you're like, what the, what the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah, you know, and like, I, I love the brewers, but why are the brewers on two of these TVs? Like it's, you know, this should be, I, I'm usually a, a big diversity in TV guy, but like, this is a situation where it's like, you need to like have it everywhere so everybody can watch. And, and yeah. And also too, like, don't be afraid to bounce out. Like I, one of the things about, the legend of the Broadhouse story is: we were at the Deer District early on in that game in the game four against the Nets. Uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, wet, really warm, and the vibes were just kind of off, and it wasn't wasn't really going well. And we, I was like, we got to go back to Broadhouse because that's where we went, saw game four, <laughs> game three, and we went back there, we won, and that was sort of the start of it all, um, and that was sort of where the legend began. So, uh, yeah. hopefully. uh, we were there last year. It didn't work out. And I don't know that um, if we lose again, I'm going to start saying it's the curse of the backyard that it, it that. That's basically the reason why it's, it's never going to be the same. we got to rebuild that backyard, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. It's like, give kind of give yourself a chance to kind of make your own, you know, your own spot. Like yeah, venture totally. out to places you haven't gone. Like you said, don't go to the, the, the always busy spots, but experience some spots that are there. Sometimes it's okay to like go to a non big sports bar and kind of get tuned up with like only a few people and, and yes. still be able to watch the game kind of in some peace. Um and like you said, maybe that becomes your bra house. So
0: so uh do you have a spot for Mitch and I in the suburbs? I mean for the three of us yeah. really we all live close to each other. Like do we yeah. have a spot in the suburbs that we could go to?
1: So I, I was actually thinking about this. I meant to I meant to draw up my list. Um so the three that comes yeah, well there's three that come to mind that aren't like your your nasty dive bar where like where right. like I could walk out my back yeah. door and and yeah and, smell and be like cigarettes. Smell
0: like cigarettes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um champs would not be my number one. Um mm-hmm. but champs like Americano or whatever has been there forever. Yeah. Like good sports bar, kind of like your typical, like I'm gonna take my client for a right. happy it's hour. A very corporate very
0: corporate, yeah. Corporate,
1: yeah but it's it's near uh, uh enough um good like decent food good beers that's the spot um obviously brass monkeys a really good one um not crazy about their setup but they do have they do have really good food um and their their tv setup is, is solid again not far from from any of us no. cleveland pub is another one uh okay. that has has good food has some like good crowd good like tv and none of these places are like super big um no so i mean those are the three that off the top you know kind of came to my mind i think what you said when you when you start to consider like driving to while you might as well just make the extra like 10 minute trip downtown right. and, and find a spot um so like kind of in the in the green fieldish west dallas um yeah those uh, are those know, are berlin area i will say uh, i grew up sadly um in in Tompkins <laughs> and uh, um you know that's a bar where you can you can get some damn good wings drink some pretty cheap beer and um and and not feel like too guilty about yourself like not not a that's more of a dive bar west Dallas. um paulie's right down the place too is is like a much nicer version of that so i mean you got a couple that are are within you know i would say like eight to ten minutes that that could make sense um and uh yeah like i said you don't you could it's, probably walk in with sweatpants and, and not be looked at. So
0: my man, my man came with a list. He was prepared. All right. We are way long on this show. People are like, but hit us with back to the DJ. You're at Trinity uh, Thursday. You're at red, white, and blue. What are songs that are kind of what's hot right now? What are you, what are you playing? What's getting requested? What are yeah. you, what are you seeing a lot of?
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Morgan Wallen's obviously being requested quite a bit. Um, one of my favorite songs is actually an edit I had I have of last night, the Morgan Wallen song, with um something just like this, uh the Coldplay song. Yeah. It's basically Morgan Wall's lyrics over the top of that song and uh has kind of a unique drop and uh it's it's really fun. It's it's one of my favorite like edits to play right now because obviously Morgan Wall is super popular and it's just a different version. Like that's the one thing with um with like songs and edits that I play. Um is is trying to find one that isn't like super used or it just doesn't doesn't you know seem like it'll fit to me there's a ton of like dancey edm remix of that last night song Mm -hmm. um and i'm like there's got like i like this version better because it's not going to be super played by everybody else and uh it's kind of unique so i like that um i will say there's there's two songs that are both by m m and e k m n e k um yeah and one of them, one of them is called Radio. It's a song with Sigala, who's one of my all-time favorite producers. And uh, the other one is with Galantis and David Guetta called Damn. Um, both of them are super poppy, like fun, just good, like get you in the mood tunes. Not like turn up tunes, but just like fun, like get you, you know, start your night off. I, I typically play those like around a let, like ten thirty, eleven o'clock, just like really good, fun energy, um, and kind of get people moving. So um that's he's one of my favorite artists um in those two songs right now um, yeah that's probably what i get or i get the most i still get a ton of bad bunny requests and i i'm curious like there's a meme going around it's like man how much is bad bunny paying you guys to make these requests because every venue you go to no matter where you are i get i get bad bunny requests doesn't matter where i'm at
0: so i was talking to somebody or i was i was at a brewery game uh, Tuesday, and one of the guys has Bad Bunny as their walking song. Might be Willie Thomas. and I yeah,
1: was saying, yeah, I ahead, was yeah. saying,
0: I was saying, oh, you know, Bad Bunny could easily sell at the stadium, like, and uh, my buddy's sister was like, he's too big for the stadium, like he he could do yeah. like Lambo, yeah, he could he do
1: even, camp he Randall sell on a weekend of that of that area. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, like it's. And I just kind of underestimated even, like, yeah, he he's mm-hmm. right there with Taylor Swift in terms of, like, they could sell out pretty much no matter the venue and no matter the night. Like, if he wanted to play five nights in Madison Square Garden, I think he could sell all five out.
1: Yeah. And, and, and unless you really know, like, his music, like, obviously, like, traditional Americans for the most part, unless you know Spanish, aren't really going to know – like the songs yeah. per se, you know, the songs, but you really don't understand them. Mm-hmm. And obviously like certain areas have a really strong Hispanic, Hispanic population. um. But I would go to that concert because I love his music. You know, I know enough of it. I could be singing along and not know a damn thing of what I'm saying. Uh, but I love his music and like the energy he brings. So it's like it, he he really is is kind of touching all different cultures um, outside of just kind of like the Hispanic culture. Uh, he really brings a lot of people. And uh, yeah, he's he's just fucking massive.
0: Totally. I'd have I mean, uh, when I'm on like Peloton rides, like there'll be songs that I hear and then he'll be he'll be on the playlist and it's like,
1: it's like, oh yeah, I know
0: that song. Like, and it's not like I don't know the name. I like I have no fucking idea. But then it's like I hear it, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I know it. Good vibe. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like if I was there, you know, we'd do it. Okay. So we have went long. We could talk about the Packers and stuff next week or two weeks from now if we want to do some draft stuff. Or we could talk about it now. It's up to you. I I I think the people will hang out with us as long as as long as we have them. But we could rip through it or we could talk back or draft more uh, in a couple of weeks here.
1: Yeah, let, let's table it. Um, okay. I, I hate to say, like, I mean, I have a couple of guys in mind, but uh, you know, we we still just don't know, obviously, what this draft yeah. looks like with um, with the uncertainty to, of Rogers. So we can kind of leave it there. Um, you know, I, I'm sure the next time we talk, which will be, you know, only a few weeks ish or month, you know, month or month or so away from the draft, and and hopefully have a hopefully have a better understanding. A lot of these guys still have. RS scores and testing to do. Um, you know, a lot of the programs yeah. are still kind of wrapping up. So um, there's a couple guys I have in mind. Uh every, you know, every day it changes. I think. Um, you know, you know, what you're reading and who and who you know who's doing the mock drafts changes every day. And uh like Peter uh, Bukowski, oh, uh Bukowski today had uh had a uh, a uh, didn't have a grade one. Around round one grade on on Skironsky from Northwestern. And uh so I thought that was interesting and, and I've seen I've seen him as high as like eight or like ten. And so right. It just all depends on, on what you're looking at. So uh more to come there. Let's let's table it and uh we'll get closer to the draft and, and, and do a deeper dive. Uh
0: did you listen to David Baktiari on Bustle with the Boys today?
1: I did not, no.
0: So I did. I thought it was interesting. There wasn't a ton of Rogers stuff. He said he thought the, that the Packers could keep Rogers if they did get what they wanted. That they wouldn't care. Uh, Bakhtiari also used the rebuild word, which is interesting. Um, mm. That that he he's like that's what people expect us to do. I don't know if it was interesting. And then some made a big deal. Bukowski, you mentioned, said, "Oh, he didn't say we." I I think that's overblown. I think it was he was talking to the general. Like he was just being like, here's the view and here's how they Mm -hmm. see it. and Here's how we see it. And yeah, he didn't mention, he didn't say we, but I wasn't, I didn't make too big of a deal out of that. And I mean, obviously his knee injury is still bothering him. And he talks about like, yeah, the, the hate online is, it's pretty brutal. I mean, you saw with Zion Williams too. Like he said, you know, the shit sucks. Like I hate getting criticized about it. And it's like, I think, David Boxyard is a little different than Zion because we've seen it for David for so long. And Mm -hmm. I also think some of the vitriol for David is, you've heard me say it on the pod, but if you, if David doesn't get hurt, we win the Super Bowl. And I think Mm -hmm. Pac fans know that. And it's like, it just kind of sticks with us. And and it probably will for a long time, unless there's another Super Bowl uh, around the corner that we just don't expect.
1: And I think I think with him too, it's, it's just his contract in general. Like yeah. you're making that much money, people expect you to perform, and you know at a high level. And he did, <clears throat> you know. Well, it's, Yelish, it's the up. Yelish, it's the
0: thing. Not to interrupt, but it's like that's the Yelish thing, right? Like everybody, mm-hmm. like you know, pitchforks were coming out for Yelish. They had a big day on on uh, Sunday, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, whatever." Like Yelish yeah, hot, but like people look at Yelish's contract, and it's I think it's a Wisconsin thing. I think we just we see big numbers and like, we just can't like square it for some reason. Like, and that's maybe a fault of us being a smaller state where we're not like Chicago, LA, you know, San Francisco, where it's like, Oh, we're paying this much for fucking rent. Like, you know, this, this ain't no thing. Right.
1: Yeah. One, one, one quick thing on the Packers. I don't know if you saw it and and it's just, it's, Nothing right now. I think it's just more clickbait at the end of the day. But uh, there was that Aaron, Aaron Jones interview. Yeah. I think the score posted it. And, you know, they kind of talked a little bit about why he took less money. Um, You know, uh, 16 versus the 11 that he ended up taking. He's like, you know, I, I'm, you know, still still making a ton of money. It's the most money I've ever made. It still makes me the second highest paid running back. He's like, I think Christian McCaffrey makes like 16. So he's like, I felt good about where I was. And he's like, I didn't. At the end, he says, I didn't want to be greedy um and 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 that was just kind of where the score ended it I didn't get a chance to really hear the full interview but they're you know they're obviously making it you know kind of positioning him against you know Rodgers and and taking the most that he could and really hamstringing um the uh the organization so I thought that was interesting Uh, there's no beef there but I think Aaron Jones is probably ready to move on and ready to take the next step with his teammates obviously you've seen him working out with with love. And I mean, uh, you, you like, you kind of like to see that a little bit, you know? Oh, totally.
0: Aaron Jones is the leader of this team at this point. I think Aaron Jones is the heartbeat of this team. I think he's the guy that, you know, they're going to look to as sort of the veteran guy. I still don't know what they're going to do with veteran wide receiver. They're like, Oh, we want a veteran wide receiver. I'm like, there's nothing left. It's Jarvis Landry. It's Julio Jones. That's it. Like
1: that's. Yeah. And one, one, more, one quick thing. I know we kind of pivoted from what yeah. we wanted to do. That's we fine. said we were going to jump. Um, would you make a trade for Devin White right now if you could? No,
0: we don't need it. That like that's the one we don't need middle no linebacker. Like we have Clay Walker, we have Devondra Campbell. Um, I just he's in a contract year. I don't wanna pay that. Um, if you could talk to me into he would take a similar deal as Devondra Campbell, it's a sign trade and you could send Campbell back.
1: No, I, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna pay him too much. Right. Yeah, no, I, I just, I, I think, I mean, I think he's your, your linebacker for the next five years if you sign him. Right. Um, you know, I would, I would bring him on, just not knowing where Preston, or excuse me, where Rashawn's at, and and Preston had a great year, and and just with the overall development of Quay, I think he'd be great for, and I mean him and Vondre as, a, yeah, as, I mean linebacker would tough. be fucking incredible, and I, I just have a, I have a a soft spot for those Tampa linebackers that they had over the years. And yeah. uh, De- yeah, I mean, no. Devin, Devin White's like the best of the bunch, but he's, he's going to get paid. So um, pipe dream.
0: If they were trading on, I, I if they were going to trade for someone, I'd rather them trade for DeAndre Hopkins, even though I don't think he makes okay. a ton of sense with Christian Watson. Um, but yeah. I, if if you're going to do a veteran wide receiver, that's, that's what you're going to do. All right, let's rip through a few things. So you said you're in on the Brewers this season, just the young guys, like your fives are high with you in terms of in terms of the Brewers.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, um, you know, I know you kind of did your your reflection from that uh that Tuesday game that you went to. I I got a chance to go to um opening day, and uh, did it with work, so I didn't do like the bus or the big tailgating thing get all smashed up before. So it was it was nice to go into the game like relatively. No, I, I mean I was sober, right? So right. You know, I feel like most of the time I'm going, I'm, um, you know, you're with a bus party or a tailgate or something like that, or you know, you're getting kind of tuned up in the parking lot, but. Getting there, seeing the anthem, um, just kind of feeling the energy, um, in the stadium was really cool. And then, yeah, you just had, you know, just had a, a, an explosion of runs. You know, I, I literally walked into the game, I'm like, man, who the fuck is Brian Anderson? And the guy goes yard, it <laughs> gives us our first, uh, our first home run of the year. Um, and then you just had kind of like the onslaught. Obviously, we had. Um, the grand slam from Terrain and it just, you just felt really good about the day that, you know, that game that we were there, at least yeah. um Peralta looked great. I thought like the stuff around the stadium trended younger as well. Um, Where it was like, anytime a hit would go off, like the lights would just change and there's all different colors in the stadium and they've got new activation areas. They got the Casamigo deck. They obviously have like the, um, the uh the golf. The busy one and the, uh, yeah, yeah, the, then busy they have the busy and, deck. Yeah. Um, so like you can see like there's there's definitely a change in the overall activation and programming within the stadium as well that that starts to you can start to see them trending younger. Um, which for me, like I, I might not be their their target consumer, but a guy like me, you know, somebody in their mid thirties. Um, that was around for you know some of those earlier you know the 2011 or yeah 2014 and obviously 2018 um you know with fielder and those guys yeah. and, and some of the those years I think you want to you want to bring those people back all while entertaining the younger audience with you know some of the younger guys and some of the fun stuff they do I, I will say that I, I thought their marketing team and their content team has done a really good job of like the um the the announcements of these kids getting, you know, their, their their shots. I love seeing that type of stuff. Like we're such a content driven, you know, era right now. And you want, you want to see those behind the scenes moments. You want to have like the last dance type documentaries where you can see behind the curtain a little bit. And, and uh, I thought that was really cool. And I thought they did a really good job with that. They do some fun stuff around beat like batting practice and stuff like that um that i've just like really enjoyed just watching it was just really really simple stuff but um you can see that they're they're kind of trending towards a younger audience and i was with my boss who's you know an older guy probably is you know mid-50s and and he's just a a fan of the game and you know he enjoyed it as well so you you hope they can they can keep it going and and have a, a, a solid season man some of these kids are off to a, a great start out that's obviously not going to uh to last a year we got like five guys hitting 300 or something like yeah, that right. um that's not going to last obviously with the sample size we're in now but just the young guys kind of melding with some of the old guys this is kind of what you want to see because this is really going to be the next generation um of the brewers and it's definitely exciting um it's it's gotten me interested in in becoming more of a fan and not only being able to watch some of their games, you know, when I'm not there, but certainly trying to to get to more games than uh, than I have in previous years.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think you, you summed it up really nicely. I think there's just a lot to like, and, and this is exactly, I think what the Brewers could hope for and what, you know, when it's a team that I don't know how people felt about them. I think had they started three and seven, I'd be like, all right, well, we'll check in after the box. If you're back to like, 500 Mm -hmm. and you're playing well great but if not i think instead of like keeping you know kind of to the side like okay go away it's more of a all right it's the bucks yes when they're playing and the playoffs are going on but when the bucks aren't having their playoff games it's you know they're still focused on the brewers maybe the playoff the nba playoffs for the other teams are second string so yeah it's it's awesome man it's it's a lot of fun and yeah i think they have they have a lot there
1: one other thing i'll mention is it's just again with kind of the programming side of things like you think about the Giannis jersey giveaway, right? It was the first oh, yeah. thirty thousand people. Like, other than like the few scumbags that were like getting it to sell it, there was so many people that wanted that jersey that were like, "I'm I'm going to the game because of that jersey," or "I'm going to that game because of the bobblehead." I think if they can continue to work that in, especially now, well, certainly now before the the playoffs start, but find ways to drive people into the game into the game sooner because obviously a lot of people like to. Um, you know, they like to stay out in tailgate. They like to come in mid of the second, mid third, and you're not really there to enjoy the game at that point. It's, it's. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to have time, watch a little bit of baseball. Maybe we win. Um, and, and obviously they've extended the the beer sales. Yeah, too. I think the pitch um, clock's
0: gonna help though with some of that. Where it's like, I think you're yeah, gonna stay, yeah, You're gonna stay more locked in, and you're gonna. I think I've fallen where I'm like doing the dishes, and all of a sudden I look up, and it's the seventh inning, and I'm like, what the fuck.
1: Like yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're That's like, the thing I noticed was, was, was just man, these games move real real fast so
0: Yeah, and there's there's sometimes you like the slowness, well, this, but no, it's it's great, man. So, all right, real quick, more wall. How crazy would more wall be this weekend? Will this just be like a shit show this entire like? A, it's gonna be impossible for us suburban folks to get down to Milwaukee because it's gonna is that be this just, weekend? Yeah, it's Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, welcome
1: to the in Red White and Blue. Congrats. Oh shit. C- congrats. Oh, congrats. I thought it was next week. Oh, no. Um <laughs> RWB is gonna be fucking wild. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be so anytime you have a concert at the Pfizer of that size, um yeah. Yeah, yeah, Parking for one not gonna happen. Well, it's at um, Miller Park. It's
0: at Miller Park. To, at oh, that's right. To that's field. right. So but still, there's
1: gonna be there's gonna be a ton of um, buses. Yeah, they're there's doing a ton of lot buses of a lot like of that. buses
0: are doing. So it'll basically be like a burger game, but on. From what I know, when I used to work for a radio station, pardon me, where they had country concerts and they would host like Kenny Chesney at
1: Miller yep, Park did, and did that. It one, would
0: yeah. be it would be crazy where. They're like, oh yeah, we'd bring our truck, and there was a girl who was like peeing off the side of our truck, like she just swatted and peed out. Like, I, I just, I, the weather's not going to be as good. I think it's supposed to rain actually on Saturday, but like, obviously Friday there's a little less, but you add the four four day into the mix, and it's like, oh my god, I, I, I feel like I'm just like, can someone just drop me a ticket? Like, I, yeah, if I can find a way to go, I'll, I'll go. Um, no question about it.
1: Who, um. So I, I will say, if you can go, I wasn't openly a fan when of, of country, huge fan of country when I met my wife. But she took me to the No Boots Tour, New Sandals Tour, whatever it was, Kenny Chesney, and um, somebody else. I won't, It wasn't Luke Bryan, but somebody else who was a pretty big headliner. Um, at Miller Park, this was probably shoot, 10 years ago. Um, probably the best like, pre-game, like, pre-concert environment I've ever been a part of. Um, just everybody's in a good mood everybody's wasted <laughs> um right. there's there's tailgates everywhere there's good food everywhere granted that was you know you're not gonna probably get that experience at like a Pfizer show but like anytime there's a tailgate or an opportunity the the country concerts just do them differently and uh that was really cool to be part of um but Morgan Wallen just like Jesus I mean the guy blew up with with a whatever 36 song album, whatever it was yeah that's crazy and um and has just been really on a tear as of late, and um, yeah, the city should be fucking electric this weekend with with that Saturday and uh, and then the Bucks on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something, man. All right, well, go see the boy at uh, Trinity on Thursday, Red, White, Blue on Saturday if you can get in. Come before the Morgan Wall concert ends. That's probably probably yeah. a good, good idea. Um, just just the thought there. Uh, But, yeah, man, this is awesome. Uh, We will, I'm sure, watch a few Bucks games together. I'm sure we'll do this during the playoffs. Uh, Anything else for people before we ride out?
1: No, be safe. Enjoy the weather. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk soon.
0: All right. See you, buddy. Talk talk to you guys soon. We'll see you tomorrow with Mitch and I uh, back for 10K. I think it's 503, 504. We'll be back for that. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.